I am sad. Sad about what has taken place. Sad about the changes that have happened. Sad for those who have fallen. There has been a shift in power. A new set of rules. Unfriendly forces have taken control. And they take such pleasure in the pain of others. Mocking the misery and feeding off of the failures. This is the place we are in. But I have hope. I have heard that history repeats itself. That the good things will come back to us again, if we believe and we are patient. And even when those who are the mightiest seem all but invincible, that they too can fall. I know times will be like they were. And I know through struggles, that this can be overcome. We have spoken. Our strength will help them rise. I now sense the forces will be shaken. I now feel a new change is in motion. I now see an uprising is taking place, and I know it cannot be stopped. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Ruthless Aggression Era podcast, uh, the only place where we decipher and dictate the Ruthless Aggression Era from the start to the absolute finish. And today, we take a trip across the pond with some of the best jobbers that Smackdown has to offer for the exclusive UK pay-per-view that is Rebellion 2002. As always, I'm Dave, and joining me on this journey across the pond is CJ and the driest man in sports entertainment, that is Mike. How are we, gentlemen? Yep, not so bad, mate. You? Not too bad. I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. Good, good. Now, ladies and guys, um, it may, we may come across, hopefully, a little bit clearer, because for the first time in our history, we're all sat in the same room recording an episode. And we're actually using a professional microphone. We've gone up in the world. So, guys, last night, obviously, we're recording this on Monday. Last night was the Royal Rumble. Thoughts? Overall, I thought it was a good Royal Rumble. Um, the AJ and Cena stole the show. Yeah, definitely. AJ, AJ Styles... John Cena, you knew it was going to be a good match, and they delivered some of the moves that Cena was pulling out, or you know. But I saw, I don't know about you guys, but did you did you see like a mini sort of heel heelish tendencies from yeah. Cena in that match? <laughs> when he pinned him, and he relied on him with a grin facing our camera. When no. he kept like, yeah. 
He was pumping, like, kept pumping himself up for those clotheslines. Those are some stiff oh, clotheslines. He loved Roy though, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> he loved Roy Oh, my God. Um, the Kevin Owens-Roman Reigns match. What do you reckon to that? Thank you, Braun. Yeah, thank you, Braun. Yeah. Um, I don't get it. I don't understand how Braun was there. Why put him in there when it looks like Roman is going to be going with Taker in the Rumble? It, yeah. It, a lot of the booking didn't make sense. I was, I was hyped for this Rumble, and... I was confused at the end, I think. Yeah. Very confused. It, overall, I think because it, it hyped itself up that much, it didn't live up to the hype. Mm, yeah. Goldberg destroying Brock as well. God, yeah. that was so expected. Do you know what I mean? I thought, at least Brock, let them have a minute where maybe they both, because the ring, ring was getting full at the time, so I thought maybe have them both come in, get rid of the ring, join f fives and Spears galore, and then them two face off, bit of a fight, and then one of them throws the other one out, waiting for the next man. But... It's, you've got this Brock Lesnar who they've built up for the last two years as a superhuman monster. He beat the streak. Who can beat Brock Lesnar? But a 50-odd-year-old bloke can put him on his arse in a couple of seconds. You know, what is with the fucking logic <laughs> of the WWE? I don't, oh. It's money. Money talks. Money talks. You know. How much money did Brock get? Exactly. I think, I think Brock Lesnar got a bigger payday than Goldberg. The actual Royal Rumble itself, though. Let's 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 talk about the Royal Rumble itself. Ten, 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 ten. <laughs> Your sister Tyus. <laughs> yeah, where was Tyus on Neil? The only the only surprise we got in the Royal Rumble, again, like you guys said, it was a big build up. We all got really excited, thought maybe we could see some surprise entrants. The only one we really got, well, we got two. We got Ty Dillinger, and we got obviously Roman Reigns, which wasn't that much of a surprise. Yeah. It was a bit annoying, but the Royal Rumble itself. It worked itself out, and it is also mapping us towards WrestleMania. Oh, the points to the sign. Yeah. I'm sick of points to the sign. It's like, yeah, we know we're in Royal Rumble season. We know the Royal Rumble's down the road, round the road. But why every match do you have to stop and go, WrestleMania? <laughs> it's like, we know. Fuck off. Um, but yeah, it's a good Royal Rumble. I enjoyed it. Um, unfortunately for us, we know that if we look at Sky Bet, we're going to know who's going to win. <laughs> And we, what we saw, Skybet, and what were the odds on Randy Orton to win? Um, You're one to twelve, two hours before the, the rumble started. Because I thought maybe leading up to the rumble, I was getting my hopes up, hoping that maybe the odds would change. Uh, but no, we, we knew it would be Randy Orton. But I'm happy with that. Um, I think for a slight moment, it, I thought maybe it could have been Roman Reigns for a slight moment. Yeah, a bit of me did get scared. Yeah, <laughs> there was a small part of me towards the end. Roman was getting his big and all that and I thought oh no don't you'll have 50,000 fans in the Alamo Dome will turn on you a interesting fact for you all as well I don't know if you know this Dave but for the past three years is it or is it two years uh, each member of Evolution has won the Royal Rumble eliminating Roman Reigns (laughs) apart from oh Batista Triple H Orton 2018 Ric Flair is going to win the Royal Rumble I had a, an epiphany last night. I just thought, well, you know, because it's meant to be the 30th uh, anniversary of Royal <laughs> which, Rumble. Which is not. Which is 29. Next year's the 30th anniversary. But I thought maybe it'd be a good idea. Um, obviously, some of them, I don't know if all, some of the, the wrestling, the people who won the Royal Rumble, are, are there anybody who's passed away who's won the Royal Rumble? Yokozuna. Okay. So. It, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> okay, so here's, here, here's my little epiphany that I thought of last night. I thought. Wouldn't it be a great idea to get every single member that's won the Royal Rumble on the 30th anniversary? In the Rumble. Big John put, Stud. So yeah. you're, going, you're going Hacksaw Jim Duggan, who was 88, Big John Stud 89, Hulk Hogan 90, Hulk Hogan 91, 
Ric Flair 92, Yokozuna 93, Brett and Luger 94, Michaels 95, Michaels 96, Austin, Austin, McMahon. Austin. No, Austin. Austin, no, uh, my man, nine, nine, Rock, two thousand, Austin, Triple H, Triple H, Lesnar, Lesnar, Benoit, Benoit, Batista, Cena. What we are? No, no, Edge, Triple H. After Batista, uh, <laughs> it gets a bit confusing for me after that. That's pretty good. Batista and Ray. Oh, Rey Mysterio, yeah. Then, Alberto Del Rio, Undertaker, Edge. What fucking Royal Rumble that be? Yeah. What Royal Rumble? Who, who'd win? Roman Reigns. Uh, yeah, Roman Reigns. No, Yokozuna. No, Who's going to eliminate Yokozuna? If they, were all, <laughs> if they were all in their prime, though. All of them. All in their prime. Bret Hart. Every day a week. You reckon he'd, yeah, win he'd, that be, one he'd week? be booked higher than Roman Reigns ever. Stone Cold. And Hulk yeah. Hogan and Austin. And oh, and Hulk Hogan and Stone Cold. Stone Cold. What a rumble. Stone what Cold. A rumble. Fantasy warfare, ladies and gentlemen, for you there. Yeah. Jeez. But uh, aside from the Royal Rumble, we are here to talk about the ruthless aggression, and like Dave said, it's now time for Rebellion. Which was also the first ever SmackDown only pay per view. World Wrestling Entertainment presents Rebellion. from the Manchester Evening News Arena. There is 13,000 people in attendance. Um, we get a video package to start off. Um, it's like the voice of a weird kid um, who feels a new change is in motion. He has hope and the rebellion has begun. We cut straight to the uh, arena. Fireworks go off as per usual. Um, it's that music. The music kicks in. It's there. Every time there's a UK pay-per-view, it's the same music they play into the arena as Michael Cole's going, Welcome to the show! <laughs> Every single one, Insurrection Rebellion, is always that theme it hits. Uh, Stephanie comes out to quite the pop, uh, looking very shiny. Her hair's looking a mess, she's looking very oily. It's like, did she have a rough night or she's suffering from the flight itself? She just looked hanging. Right? I was very disappointed. Stephanie, I'm a big fan of you during this period of time, and she looked hanging. Um, commentators, 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 commentators. This night, they were just here for a laugh. I just think Michael Cole and Taz got pissed before. They thought, you know something, we've got two hours, pay-per-view. Only people that are watching this is UK. We're going to have a scream and we're going to see how many UK puns and fucking little lines we can drop in. Right? And then Michael Cole brings up a brilliant line. That at Thursday night, they were in Helsinki, Finland. Last night, they were in Belfast. Tonight, they're in the UK. Which, Belfast is in the UK, but we'll forget that, Michael Cole. And he says, WWE is taking Europe by storm. Conquering Finland, Belfast, and England. Taking Europe by storm, WWE. <laughs> yeah. Um, Stephanie says the Undertaker won't be here because of the uh, attack from Brock Lesnar on SmackDown. Brock Lesnar threw Undertaker off the stage. Uh, so basically, Undertaker couldn't be asked to travel to the UK. Um, but the handicap match is still on, but against Edge. Now, due to circumstances beyond his control, the actions of Brock Lesnar, the big show, and the fact that his baby is due any minute, 
The Undertaker regretfully will not be here tonight. However, the handicap match for the WWE Championship is still on. Brock Lesnar will team with his agent, Paul Heyman, in this very ring to face Edge. I'd have preferred someone like Angle or Benoit. Yeah, they were really defending tag titles. I know, but still, they could have just like taken them out of that and just put them in the main event scene with Brock Lesnar. I think that would have. Like you said, like going, yeah, we're going back to what Dave said though. Like it's the UK. Seems like they couldn't really be asked. Yeah, I get this so much during the night. Um, so, like Mike said earlier, uh, Rebellion is SmackDown's very first, well, it's WWE's very first uh, brand exclusive pay per view. Um, and they've spared no expense because part of the trade agreement exclusively here tonight will be. Because Rebellion is the very first SmackDown only pay per view, we wanted to make it the best pay per view of the year. So, we spared no expense. And as a part of my trade agreement with Eric Bischoff for the big show, I arranged to have the most entertaining Raw superstar flown here to perform for you exclusively tonight. So ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, the five-time, five-time WCW champion, Booker T. Can you dig it? So of all the wrestlers that you had, you could have picked up any big shows now gone to SmackDown, so you could have had any wrestler, and part of that, you get Booker T. I'm happy with Booker T. I don't know, well, you two probably are, but I... I'm a fan of Booker T, but of all the wrestlers, what about getting Triple H on over? Booker T was, was the R-proof. Yeah, people are there to see the Spinneroonie and that's it. Do you know what I mean? They don't really bother to... If you watch a Booker T match, they only, the card only ever pops when Booker goes... Yeah, but when you say... I'm staring at my hand there, people. You think <laughs> Triple H, like, they're not going to put him in the first match against Matt Hardy, are they? Why not? Because it's Triple H. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of his opponent, I could slam a tornado. It's Matt Hardy version one. And his little... Um, I don't know what, what do they call them. Has it, got, has it got a name now? The Matitude uh, little tags. Uh, this one is uh, Matt Hardy long, loves English muffins. <laughs> uh, Matt Hardy then gets on the mic. Taz gets mad. Taz gets he's really mad through this as well. It's like Taz. Taz got woke up this morning and someone said, "Taz, you've got to get to England for a pay for you tonight." And he's like, "What? England?" He's like, "He's so angry, so angry." Even in the SmackDown, here comes the pain in the story on the game. He looks pissed off when he asks you to come to, on the Rebellion tour to the UK. Don't know if that's for anybody who's played the game, but yeah, he's <laughs> he doesn't like being there. I don't think he likes those English people. <laughs> I don't think he likes people. Um, so Mike, uh, Matt Ardier gets on the microphone. He says, the moment's finally arrived. Version 1 is here. The last thing they need is a sucker from Raw. Slight chant of We Want Jeff. Very slight, just coming from the, uh, the aisle way it looked like. But he says it's time for Rebellion to get a dose of Mattitude. Yeah. You love him, love it. <laughs> uh, and then Taz said that he's uh, version 3 Taz.
crowd, big big time behind Booker T. Uh, Matt offers his hand uh, for a test of strength, but backs off when Booker goes for it. And then Matt's all proud of himself that they have a big grin on his face. Uh, then Booker T offers the same, so he goes for a test of strength. As soon as Matt Hardy goes there, <laughs> Booker backs off. <laughs> Quite funny. Um, solid arm drag by Matt Hardy, then back to glowing. <laughs> just does an arm drag, stops, looks at the crowd, big grin. He's like, so proud of himself. Um, big Booker T chant from the crowd. A solid couple of clotheslines from Booker and a drop kick sends Hardy to the outside. Um, Commentate straight away, tonight, Edge's boyhood dream can come true. So I want you to put yourself in the mind of a boyhood Edge. Yeah? Edge, what's your boyhood dream? Is it to win the WWE title? In Manchester Union News Arena on Rebellion in 2002 where you weren't actually supposed to be on the card, you're just there to replace the Undertaker. Was that the dream? Absolutely not. It's, it's really <laughs> to win the championship at WrestleMania. That's what everybody's dream is, isn't it? <laughs> that bloody rebellion, Jesus. Um, Booker T is all over Hardy. Absolutely all over Hardy. Um, it causes Hardy to bail outside. Um, this is like the opening two or three minutes of the match, but it seems to see that they kind of portray that Raw is stronger than SmackDown. So you've got obviously Booker T coming over, and Booker T is dominating this match at the start. And it's just SmackDown pay-per-view. If anything, you send your Raw guy over, and your SmackDown guy kicks the crap out of him. Yeah, I agree. I completely agree. That's logic. But it's... Well, if you look at the, both the shows at the time, SmackDown and Raw, where is Matt? He's like sort of mid-card. on and Bo- mid-card, yeah. Booker T's a little bit higher than mid-card, I would say. Yeah. With Goldust. So. X world champion. I think that's the angle they're kind of looking at it. Where back in 2002, uh, even a little bit later, um, champions still got, or ex-champions still got a bit of respect. Like, look at Jack Swagger, for example. Now, you wouldn't think you were an ex-world champion. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? They show, the ex-champions are showing no respect. Yeah, it's, what was his run? Do you know what I mean? He lost to Rey Mysterio five times on SmackDown or something like that. He had a terrible run as world champion. But no one... They'll still mention on commentary, former world champion Jack Swagger, but he doesn't get the respect that a former world champion should get. No, I think... Um, who would you have... Just on a, on a side note, who would you have put against Matt Hardy instead of Booker T? Triple H. No, if... if, if <laughs> <laughs> obviously, uh, but if they wasn't from Raw... So a or if he was a SmackDown person, Shannon Moore is his pal now. The mates now. He's his best mate. Yeah, there's a bit more. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'd say I wouldn't say Rikishi, but he's in a match a bit later on. So I think I've, you just answered yeah. my question easily. Like there was no way everybody else was. You'd say Edge. Yeah. If Edge yeah. wasn't in the world title fight, you'd probably go with Edge. Um, Taz hits his first little English phrase of the night. Talking to Michael Cole, they're having a chat amongst themselves, they don't really care what's going on in the ring. And he says, uh, uh, I agree with you, Cole, or should I say, my mate? And it's like, oh, trying so hard. Like, it's like, he expects English fans to start home going, yeah, mention something English, mention something English. <laughs> it's like, you try so hard. Um, and then he said that Manchester is the candy of Lancashire. He said, people around here uh, speak the slang stuff. <laughs> And then he mentions a bit later on that they are the candy of Lancashire. Michael Cole's confused. This is where the candy of Lancashire, the term was invented here. You know what that is? No, I have no idea what you're talking about. What are you talking about? Just some of my people are calling me. This is the candy of Lancashire. Right. I don't know what the hell that means, man. I got people working at all times. Keep putting the pressure on Booker Oh, you can't speak English when you're in the States, let alone trying oh, to speak English. Oh, I can speak English. I'm trying to teach these people how to speak English around here. You know, they, they, they speak the slang stuff. 
Yeah. <laughs> I don't know where Taz has got this information from. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what he kind of means by the, the candy of Lancashire. So everybody else in Lancashire tastes sour. Did he have? Did they have Google back then? Did they? I don't. Two thousand. I think Yahoo search engine. Ask Jeeves. Ask Jeeves. Yeah. Booker T. Um, they fight back into ring. Booker T makes it to his feet and fights out the Hardy with a kick and but runs into a beautiful spine buster by Booker T. He does deliver a great spine buster. Um. <laughs> Hardy's in a world of hurt, says Taz. On Hurt Street, which is near Dream Street, round the corner from Payne Street. I like that. I like that. That's good. Taz. Is that the injury room real hard? Taz. <laughs> Taz. Checked into the SmackDown Hotel. Oh, dear me. Uh, Bookty hits a spinning hill kick. Uh, you got big time height on it for a two count. Um, Hardy with the leg drop from the middle rope, but Bookty moves out of the way. Booker T goes to the top. It's a missile drop kick for two. Taz, he was a crumpet away from a victory. Oh my god! <laughs> Is it, are crumpets from the UK? Because <laughs> most nowadays everything's made in Taiwan, isn't it? <laughs> crumpets. Where are they made? Bakewell. <laughs> I don't know. No, they're tarts, aren't they? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Booker T is then getting hyped. Uh, he ducks a twist of fate. It's a bookend, but Hardy gets his foot on the rope. Um, Hardy then hits a twist of fate, but it takes him ages to to, uh, to bake the cover. Only gets a two count. He goes for it again. Booker T counters. Kick to the midsection. To the ropes. Scissor kick. One, two, three. Gets the victory. Gets on the mic. Says, I'm the re- I know why you all come to me. Really come here. Hits the fucking spinner, Rooney. Right. One thing. Scissor kick. Annoys the hell out of me. And the reason why is that he'll do a kick to the... It's like the, the 619. Yeah. Like it's, it's too prolonged. So yeah. he'll kick into the big section and they'll just stay they'll there. They'll have to stay there. Yeah. They'll have to stay there. Yeah. That always annoys as Well, it annoys, that's wrestling in general. Um, unless you've got that quick transition from getting to the ropes and coming back from them ducking their heads, you're going to get... Come on, then. R-Truth <laughs> does it with his spinning axe kick thing. Yeah, but I would I would wait for the other wrestler to slowly get up and then do it. Yeah, but always, if anything, from the wrestler receiving the point of view, drop down a bit more, get on, drop down to a knee, and then gradually bring yourself back up. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Don't just get a kick and bend over. Do you know what I mean? Full on 90 degree and just wait. It's, do you know what I mean? We know you're not real, but come on. Yeah, Come on. Selling is the main part. Yeah, it's... Make it believable. Do you know what I mean? It's not real, but make it believable. That's all I ask. Um, we then go backstage with Paul Heyman. Uh, he goes into Steph's office. He's kicking off about being in the match. Um, he's basically saying, they both fucked from No Mercy. Right? Undertaker's fucked us up. We fucked from No Mercy. And now you're making me go into a match. And Steph's like, well, yeah, tough shit. <laughs> basically, be all and end all. Get out there and get in your fucking match. People have paid to see the world champion. You're managing the world champion. Fuck off. <laughs> Damn right, yeah. Heyman. Yeah. I, I, everybody loves to see Heyman get hurt. I oh, love to see him squirm. Heyman was brilliant. Um, he said that he'd left his... Because when he found out Undertaker wasn't coming, he left his, uh, his gym gear at home. So Stephanie went, tough, wrestling your suit. He went, this is a $2,500 suit. <laughs> <laughs> and Steph was like... I wiped my ass with two and a half grand. <laughs> Trust the Duke to get about the price. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, we then get to our next match of the night is an intergender match. We have got John Cena and Dawn Marie against Billy Kidman and Tory. Uh, separate entrances from everybody. Way to show Unity Kidman and Tory. Yeah. <laughs> 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 it's supposed to be married. Way to show Unity. Um, Cena and Kidman start. Head scissors by Kidman. 
Uh, Cena hangs Kidman over the rope. Wait for it, kids. Wait for it. John Cena body slams a female. <laughs> this is not the John Cena that we've known to love today. <laughs> Rise above hate. Nah, fucking hit everyone that moves in front of you. Uh, this match, um, it was what you'd expect from two... Cr- I want to say cruiserweights because they kind of wrestle that style, this Cena. Cena's very agile. He's a lot more agile than he is one day now. He's not as jacked as he was now. Yeah. Uh, as he is now, sorry. Um, but yeah, Dawn Marie and Tony Wilson kept getting involved. And Kim and Cena kept going, fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> Hustle, loyalty and respect. Yeah. Oh, that's you. <laughs> um, but when, yeah, when Cena and Kidman got involved, you had some good moves. Um, one comment again, Taz. I actually agree with you. Only time I agreed with him. He went, Cena's one jacked up, baby. I was like, fucking, I agree. Where are them needle marks? <laughs> the women, when they finally got involved, uh, we had a sloppy arm dragged by Tori. There was a takedown moment, like we saw at No Mercy. But this time, Billy Kidman played the role of Mike Spock. Tori takes Don Marie down. Oh, here we go! Ravenous jump over like a What the hell is Kidman doing? <laughs> He's doing exactly what any normal American man would do. So Billy Kidman grabbed hold of Tori and Dawn, who went for a little roll round the ring. Lucky man, lucky man. Granted, he gets to sleep with you, but you know, let's get Dawn involved at all. Let's just get Al Wilson out as well. Let's make it a bit more awkward. Where was Al? As I kept questioning, where was Al? Can he not get clearance to fly? Is he that poorly? Or where's Al? No, I I don't know why, but I was just thinking, what if they farted when he was like in the middle of it? What if to- I don't know why I thought uh, what, if what if they- Tori Wilson yeah, farted? Yeah, what if one of them farted when he was in the middle? I'd be I'd be fuming. I'd be a bit annoyed. Tori Wilson farted. I don't want to care. <laughs> smell like cabbage rolls. <laughs> I'm telling you, smell like fresh cut grass. <laughs> um, don't know why I thought that. I, 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 I just pondered it. You do have weird thoughts. Yeah. Um, and then we get to the moment that, that CJ alluded to a bit ago. Cena slams Tory. The commentators are not happy. A little bit upset. Look at John Cena. What the hell, Cena? Oh, that ain't right. He just slammed Tory to the mat. And no, it isn't right. The referee's back is turned. <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? Um, yeah, and then uh, Cena does a, a cheap shot to Billy Kidman and then starts stalking Tory. Um, like going back to Cena being CD. It was like coming for Tory. It was like. This is not the John Cena that we know today, and there is half of me that I do miss the old John Cena, but I don't miss this John Cena. No. Jobber, jobber to the stars, John Cena. I do not miss this one. Um, Cena hit a beautiful spine buster, a flying bulldog by Kidman for the two. Uh, the women roll to the outside, so let's get fucking rid of them for five minutes. Um, Kidman got the victory with a sloppy looking shooting star press. Yeah, I agree. Uh, he came over and like his knees landed on Cena's head. He's very similar to a bit further down the timeline. Does he do it to Charvo and he injures Charvo? Yeah. Um, yeah, it was. He's a dangerous man because when Kidman's doing a shooting star press, comparing to Evan Bourne, Evan Bourne when he's doing the rotation, he's so smooth. But Kidman when he does it, he kind of jumps to the side. So you don't know how Kidman's going to land when he lands. It's when he was on very the ropes, awkward. When, he, when Kidman is on the ropes, he looks like he's panicking a bit when he's up there. Yeah. I always noticed that with him. Yeah, like he has to get his balance for ages and then he just throws himself. 
Yeah, it's, uh, but overall, it was not a bad match. The crowd weren't into it, but the, the women abuse, that needs to stop. Intergender matches work when it's a mixed tag, when the blokes fight the blokes and the women fight the women. But I don't want to see Tony Wilson and Dawn Marie get battered. But it's not ECW and it's not 1998 anymore. Yeah. You know I, mean? I don't want to see Cena deliver a foul See, driver to fucking Tony Wilson. I think the only time, I don't know about you, thinking back to when a woman has been hit by a man in the WWE, the only time I really, really wanted to see it was when The Rock did a people's elbow at WrestleMania 2000 to Statue McMahon. The time where I wanted to see it and it happened was Royal Rumble King of the Ring 99, China versus Road Dog in like the second round. Um, China, obviously at the point that just she'd left DX, uh, Triple H had left DX at Mania, so DX was basically, you had Badass Billy Gunn was now Mr. Ass, so DX was X-Pac and Road Dog, and they were clinging on to that bit of DX, but it got to a point where it was Road Dog versus China, and China were kicking fuck out of Road Dog, and I was just like, I was screaming at TV, just fucking hit her, hit her, she looks like a man, she can take it, just hit her, and then when he finally hit her, I was like, yes, yeah. <laughs> fuck yes. What about you, Mike? That probably was the only time, I'd agree. Alright, well, I enjoyed the people's elbow to Stephen McMahon. Yeah. Uh, we then cut backstage to a very tired looking Edge. Now, either Edge was out on the Raz with Stephanie last night, or he's another one that's had a terrible flight. He just looked worn, haggard. Another one that didn't really want to be there. Uh, it didn't look like he wanted to be there. Um, the interview was Michael Cole's has. So let's cut backstage, and it's we go straight to a camera. Test is there. Uh, test? Test on where's test? <laughs> uh, Edge is there, face to camera. So, where's Mark Lloyd? Where's our backstage interviewers? Right, Michael Cole brings this up. Where's Mark Lloyd? Taz goes, Who? Where, where, well done to big up your backstage interviewers. Do you know what I mean? Who, 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 who's Mark Lloyd? <laughs> what? Um, so next up, we have Funaki versus Crash Holly. Uh, there is a mild Funaki chant. Uh, and Funaki gets on the mic. Smackdown, number one announcer. He's normal little stick. Um, here comes Crash to an even milder pop. It's like the crowd really... They've just had to sit through Cena and uh, Dawn against Tony Wilson and Kidman. And now they've got to sit through Crash Holly against Funaki. This is land of the jobbers. Yeah. Uh, it really is land of the jobbers. Um, this it's is the first... Pay-per-view. Oh, <laughs> yeah, the whole pay-per-view was a piss break. Um, this is the first time Funaki's <laughs> ever wrestled in the United Kingdom. That surprised me. To say he's wrestled all over the world. Well, they say he's wrestled all over the world. And from what I gather, he's wrestled a lot in Japan. But I always used to think, thought that a lot of your Japanese promotions used to tour the UK. So it surprised me that he'd never wrestled in the UK before. Yeah, that's quite funny. That is quite, well, not funny, but it, it, to think about that. Um, but like when you think about nowadays, like it was 2017 now, it's very rare that you see anything like Japanese advertised in the UK for wrestling. Never. And it's, mag- it's mega over there. Yeah. It's like I watched, I don't know if you watched it, the, the Wrestle Kingdom pay-per-view. You know, the New Japan thing. Um, and the, the fans are go wild. Do you know what I mean? But they're very, it's really a different style of how they kind of view it. They'll kind of, like, with, especially in the UK, they'll sing and chant all day long. The Americans are starting to get this UK mentality of singing and chanting and stuff. Uh, but the Japanese fans, they kind of just sit on their hands. They're quiet yeah. until a spot. And then they go fucking wild. It's yeah. like mega. It's their way of respects. Yeah, yeah. Let, their, their eyes will sit back and let them perform. Do you know what I mean? They don't. I, I you'll don't, never see a hijack, a hijack raw with uh, New Japan. That's what I, like, what I was about to say is that you imagine, could you really imagine the Royal Rumble being in Japan? 
Well, they had one. They had it, didn't they? Their the New Japan Rumble. That was started the paper. What I mean is, they'll take a WWE Rumble right and mm-hmm. put that in Japan. Mm-hmm. It just it wouldn't be as exciting. I, 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 I think I, you've I, got to have a certain style of wrestler to wrestle, be, be successful in Japan. You've either got to be a powerhouse or a technical guy. Do you know what I mean? Like, look at um, Prince Albert, giant Bernard over in Japan. Fucking massive. Come back to WWE as Tenzai. Fucking terrible. But over there, they respected this fucking monster of a man. He's a powerhouse, smashing through people. On the other hand, you have that Jericho, Benoit, Malenko. They all made their name over in Japan because they like that mat wrestling, ground and pound technical side. That's why um, the Brock Lesnar versus Kurt Angle happened over in New Japan. Uh, Brock Lesnar versus uh, Shinsuke Nakamura happened over in Japan. No, because they, it's them contrasting styles. Anybody else, unless you can do a flip, they do. Anything else, you don't. It doesn't work over there. So I think a rumble would be a different kind of viewing for them. I mean, they have their New Japan rumbles, but they last 10, 15 minutes. What was that last night? Hour and a half, hour and forty minutes. Yeah. It'd be it'd be interesting to watch to see how they'd react to something like that. Definitely. Yeah. It's just weird how cultures work, I guess. Yeah. So um, the match itself <laughs> at the start, Crash Alley, it begs off. And then it begins to be racist as fuck. It gets out. This uh, Michael Cole says it, uh, Taz says it's the UK flag. Obviously, it's not. It's the Japanese flag on this bandana. He ties it around his head and then proceeds to do his best Karate Kid impression. Yeah, let's be racist, why don't we? Yeah, well, that. How else are you going to get that match over? Yeah. Well, what got me though? The minute that headband come out, Taz and Michael Cole then spent the majority of the match talking about the headband. Yeah. yeah. But it was that boring. Sorry, the match itself was that boring. Um, apparently, we were getting loads of little facts about Crash Holly throughout this match from Taz. Uh, Crash Holly's a 10 dan in black belt karate. I don't know what that means. Yeah, I understand black belt's the best. I don't know what 10 dan means, that ultimate best. <laughs> but apparently it's that. And also, Crash Holly owns loads of animals. He owns, he owns <laughs> how, how is that relevant to the match, though? That's annoying. He owns, how is he that... owns pigs, he owns dogs, he owns cats. He also lives near a prison. He also lives at Arquitas. He lives near a prison. How is that relevant in any way, shape or form to the match? I don't want to know what animals Crash Holly owns. I want to know what wrestling moves he can do or just commentate on the actual match itself. Yeah. There was, there was no commentary in this match. In this match. There wasn't, it wasn't the longest of matches. Um, it was typically what you'd expect from a very cruiserweight style of wrestling with Crash Holly and Funaki. Um, there was a couple of good moments. Um, there was a massive DDT from Funaki. He got loads of elevation himself. And very much like Dolph Ziggler does now, where he runs the ropes and then he'll throw himself in there and come back round in the DDT. Funaki, that was really nice. Um, he hit a cool looking drop kick to the head and it really looked like it, it touched. Like where wrestlers, they just, they trained to not to all oh, this look like it went through the fucking head. Um, Taz said on commentary that he wants to see uh, the announcers fight of Mark Lloyd versus Funaki. So yet again, he's so interested in this match. So he's trying to think of anything else that he could think of to talk about apart from the match itself. Um, but the finish, uh, Crash ducked an Inziguri um, and then Crash went for his like what they call the O'Connor roll, where he wraps his arm round him, then floats over him, try and pin him. But Funaki went body weight and just held him and then got the one, two, three. Uh, dull match. Crowd didn't care from start to finish. And obviously the announcers didn't care as well. I didn't. It, was, it wasn't an easy watch, the match itself. You know, it was short because I found, think from, well, I look at it from my point of view. When I'm watching a match on a pay-per-view, the commentators help. They enjoy yeah. the match more. And they were putting me off the match because they just got me thinking about crashing his animals and crashing his karate. You're supposed to be enjoying the fucking match. Do you know what I mean? But yeah. so far, this pay-per-view it has been a jobber. At least there's no mention of what's trending. 
Oh. Hashtag M-E-N. Oh, fuck off. Cut to the back. Uh, Jamie and Jamie Noble and Nidia. Uh, he says that people in the UK smell and the women don't stack up like Nidia. And then he walks off with a cheeky little slap to Nidia's <laughs> ass. I love Jamie Noble. He's so turned into my favourite guy in this period of time. I absolutely love him. Uh, and then we cut to Rey Mysterio. He's also warming up for their match. He's like looking into the mirror going, <sighs> and then stares in the camera and just really stares through the camera. He's like trying to like be like Kane or something like that. Like this demonic, no Rey Mysterio. You're Rey Mysterio. Speaking of Rey Mysterio, we then get to the next match. Um, it is the triple threat for the Cruiserweight title. Tajiri, Jamie Noble and Rey Mysterio. Uh, Tajiri's out first and then Noble with his awesome theme. Um, Taz, we've never seen a hot tomato like Nidia over here. Boys, the fuck's a hot tomato? <laughs> I am um, so no. Have a large breakfast. <laughs> yeah, on a, a big breakfast. You ever walked past a bird and thought, imagine her with her half brown. <laughs> She's a hot tomato. She's a hot tomato. I'm going to say that now at work. Hot, that girl's a hot tomato. Yeah. It just sounds daft. She's a little bit of a sausage sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> and then Ray Mysterio makes his entrance um, with a beanie on. Ray Mysterio comes out, his normal pants, mask, his t shirt. And a beanie hat that's not even on properly. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck's he got a beanie hat for? Michael Cole goes, oh, it must be cold here in the UK. Well, you're in the same fucking arena, Michael. You tell us. A beanie hat. Do you know what? I, do, you do, know, do, you do you know if you want to tuck it off and get it to a fan? No danger. Do you know? Guess it's a rich fucking froze it. <laughs> um, oh, dear me. Uh, Jamie Noble then attacked Rey Mysterio before the bell and goes straight at it with Tajiri. Uh, Noble sends Jerry outside. Ray hits a beautiful-looking corkscrew plancher. Uh, rolls Noble in for a two, which Tajiri breaks up. Really fast-paced to start. Ray Mysterio hits a bulldog on both of them. Uh, a Northern Lights suplex from Tajiri for a two-count on Ray. Uh, Tajiri with a lovely double elbow. Um, Joint springboard. Oh, it's a beautiful-looking thing. Absolutely love it. She can still do it now. I mean, can still hit that springboard off the ropes, come back, elbow. Still looks as good as it did in, two, in 2002. Um, it hits the tarantula on Rey Mysterio, uh, but, Ray, uh, but Jamie Noble stopped. Now, sorry, I forgot to add at the start. This is an elimination match. They keep stopping each other from pinning each other. Yeah. It's an elimination match. We've now had two pinfall attempts that have been stopped. A submission, and obviously you can't win by tarantula anyway, but don't fucking stop it. Do you know what I mean? That's the referee's job to stop it. Yeah, but it might be tactical. Nah, it's bullshit. It's like Royal Rumble. It's like Royal Rumble, when someone's about to get eliminated, someone comes in and saves them. Fuck off, don't, do you know what I mean? Where, where's the logic? Oh, I don't know. It's, it might be, the thing is, if you're, if you're, right, okay, so if Ray, uh, so if Tajiri is, pi oh, I don't know actually now. There isn't no logic, unless you think no, I've got more chance you, beating Ray Mysterio than I've beaten Jamie Noble. Yeah, that's what I mean. But surely there's more chance of you getting pinned when there's two opponents than there's fucking one opponent. There's no logic, honestly, there is no, this pay-per-view's got no fucking logic at all, honestly. A super kick from Tajiri onto Rey Mysterio, but then he walks straight into a Tiger Bomb to get eliminated, so it's down to Rey Mysterio versus Jamie Noble. Um, the crowd, they finally woke up. I think the crowd were hating on Tajiri a little bit. I mean, now he's gone, they've proper woke up. They're chanting, you suck at Jamie Noble, they're getting into it. Jamie Noble's being usual, Jamie Noble, come on, boy! Walking around the ring, giving it all this. Love it, absolutely love it. Uh, Michael Cole and Taz... They say that Jamie Noble needs to win. He's been champion since June and he needs to keep on because he's got a new trailer to pay for. So, I, mean, I wonder where they got that storyline from. <coughs> <Spider. coughs> yeah. 
Um, Rey Mysterio, he, he hits a, a beautiful spinning wheel kick uh, for a two count. He goes up to the top for a top rope fuck all. So when they dive off and you know they're not going to get anything. Jamie Noble gets the victory where he uh, rolls up Rey Mysterio and Nidia helps from the outside. Um, <laughs> helping the trailer park, keeps it in the trailer park. <laughs> it's the line off commentary. <laughs> They've got to make them payments. I still think it's. I, I still. I, even. I know it's in Manchester, but I still think it's. I, w- I would never put Jamie Noble over Mysterio. No. In I, 2002. I don't understand. Obviously, we, we're in England and we know we all know that we don't have title chains in England unless we're William Regal and we lose to Crash Elliott Rebellion in Sheffield in 2000. Then the following night on Raw, he drops the European title back to William Regal. That's the only time, apart from the first ever European title. So obviously that was defended at one night only back in '97. Apart from that, I can't remember any other time a belt ever changed hands. Apart Some from '92, Bulldog and Brett. Yeah, sorry, yeah, know. yeah. Apart from that, I think that's it. So you, you these title, title matches on these pay per views are pointless. But why, why put Rey Mysterio in that match? He could have just been a one on one. They've been doing it for the last hundred pay per views. I would have put him in in the main event with Edge. Yeah, why not? And maybe take, you know, make it a, a, triple, threat. a triple threat or make, make it, it just a tag, a tag, team. tag team. Make it a tag team, yeah, with Paul Heyman in there. So at least you've got someone that matches up in height to Heyman. Yeah. It just, yeah, it, it didn't, just didn't make sense. It makes both Edge and Mysterio at that point. Yeah. Uh, Jamie Noble was hilarious when he, uh, when he won the match, he's walking on the title and he goes, say my name! Taz on commentary goes, Jamie Noble, see Michael, <laughs> I've done my own work. <laughs> that moment, to be fair, I did raise a smirk. The payment's on the job. Jamie Noble! Jamie Noble! My homework, Paul. Right now, Mysterio. Um, but after the, the uh, say my name, Manchester Evening's Arena, who are ya? Who are ya? Uh, Jamie Noble. Brilliant. Love a good English crowd. Um, they're talking about on commentary uh, being in live on TV in UK, so in England, Scotland, Wales, Tasgos. There's actually a place called The Wales. So what is there? Uh, the Dolphins and uh, The Sharks as well? Oh my God. That's all I'm going to say. That, that's like trying to be funny when it's really not. Unless his geography is really bad. I think it's just trying to be funny and it's 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 weird. Taz's commentary is weird. Like a bit earlier in this match, um, Jamie Noble did a move on Rey Mysterio. He went outside for the ropes to give Nidia a kiss. And Taz went, yeah, stick your tongue in her mouth. It's like, Taz, come on. What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? What is wrong with you? He's from Brooklyn. Yeah. Um, a couple of brilliant crowd chants through this as well. Uh, we had a, she's a crack horse. And yeah, the crowd started chanting I didn't that. hear that. Yeah. And she's got herpes. was another great chant as well from the crowd. <laughs> fucking genius. Come on, Manchester. <laughs> making us proud. Absolutely making us proud. Um, so then we cut backstage. Um, we've got Benoit and Angle. They're arguing over who's the captain of this team. Uh, they're like, Angle goes, it's like, I'm the US and you're England. And Benoit goes, uh, I'm Canadian. <laughs> it's like, yeah, but I'm superior. And they're arguing back and forth. <laughs> so my argument that I have coming into this match, so we've got tag team titles we're coming into, is... Benoit and Angle against the Guerreros. Thank you, Lord. We've got a good match. But who's the heel? Because you've got... Obviously, on SmackDown, the fans are starting to turn a little bit towards the Angle and Benoit because they're liking the little conflict and the infighting. But they're still heels, basically. They're still going up against... They're still going up against your Edge and Rey Mysterios. 
Guerreros are also your heels. But in the segment with the Guerreros backstage, they were quite funny. Uh, Benoit and Angle are also funny, so I would probably... Because the Guerreros were insulting England. Yeah, uh, yeah but so was, so was Angle. I'm, <laughs> I'm, 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 Who's the face? Who's the heel? Well, okay, okay. Who do you think the face won? Oh, Angle. There you go. Because I know what's coming. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I would say Benoit Angle. They would be the faces. It's just it's a tweener match, isn't it? It's like you can boo who you want or cheer who you want. Yeah. Um, and Angle, Angle finished it by saying, "Doesn't matter if you're Canadian. We're all part of the Commonwealth." <laughs> it's like, yes, Angle, bring us all back to one. <laughs> What part of this don't you understand? Gosh! I'm the captain of this team. I'm the leader. And that's why we're the WWE Tag Team Champions in the first place. Let me explain this to you in terms that even you can understand, okay? You and me, our alliance is like the United States of America and England. Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm Canadian. It's all part of the Commonwealth. Crangle then says to Benoit that he fits in with people in the UK. Look at the state of your teeth. That's very nice, too, Kurt. Yeah, that's not, I, I hate that. But I'm going to say this now as a side note. If you are American, yeah, we've not all got bad teeth, okay? We've got very good. I'm like The Simpsons. There. Is it the book of in yeah. British smiles? Yeah. <laughs> and like everybody in America always assumes that we talk really posh. Yeah. But we're we all southern. Yeah. We're not. We're yeah. from Yorkshire. Yeah. <laughs> I bet you don't even know who Yorkshire is. If you know the Arctic Monkeys or Sheffield United or Sheffield Wednesday or the Full Monty or I probably Steel. say the Full Monty. Yeah, the yeah. Full Monty. That's or Rebellion yeah. 2000. That were in Sheffield. Yeah. <laughs> Even have said that Willie Regal's hometown was Sheffield. <laughs> yeah. Hey, no matter where they are in England, it's Regal's hometown. Yeah. Yeah, no matter where they are. Always. It's, um, it's always a three-hour drive from London. <laughs> yeah. um, they finish, Benoit and Kurt finish the backstage segment um, with Benoit saying he's looking at the suspensions in place or he kicked Kurt's ass. He tells Kurt to follow his lead. Kurt disappears and he comes back and he goes, wait. I think you'd find that I'd kick your ass. <laughs> Follow my lead. <laughs> I love this infighting. Absolutely love it. And then we cut to ringside. Hello, ladies. The big Valboski makes his entrance. As it is now time for the Jobber Tag Team match of the card. We have the big Valboski, Val Venus, and Chuck Palumbo. What happened? Like, what happened? Seriously. How is, how is Chuck Palumbo, who was part of Billy and Chuck, is now in a tag team with... Val Venus. Where, where did that come from? Better. It goes better. They're teaming against fucking APA Farouk. He comes out in his Farouk get up. And fucking Devon Dudley who comes out to Devon. How? Spiritual yeah, music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't even wear stone colour gone. No, what happened? <laughs> no one's explained anything. So it's like Vince McMahon just went into a, into a room and just looked at all the stuff. You, 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 yeah, you, yeah. tag team. Right, you two are black, you're together. You two are white, you're together. Go and fight. That's literally what it looked like. <laughs> it was just a brilliant way. The music went, oh, testify. And Devon Dudley comes walking out with Farouk from APA. <laughs> what? Farouk looked like he didn't know where he was. He was like, what's going on? 
damn, <laughs> what, what am I doing here? It looked like he was just walking down backstage, all of a sudden he found himself in the ring. <laughs> oh, spinebuster to you, spinebuster to you, couple of dams, match done. Um, it was basically that. Yeah. Uh, Chuck Palumbo was the only one in this match that looked strong. They made him look strong, his clothesline looked mean, but what's, where's Billy gone? Where's, yeah, why's, exactly. Why's Chuck Palumbo now got a weird looking blondy brown hair? He's waiting for that blonde hair to fall out, it looks like. Or run out. But yeah, where's... What? What happened? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't get it. They didn't explain anything on commentary. Now, we've done, um, obviously, the episode that we released before this, which was the Raw and Smackdowns from No Mercy to Survivor Series, and Billy and Chuck rarely get a mention. I can't even think Chuck Plummer gets a mention. So they decided to fucking... Merry good ship jobber, innit? Yeah. Going, off to UK, you'll go sunshine. <laughs> off on the good ship jobbers. Um, so the match itself, uh, very slow start, uh, Ron Simmons and Chuck Palumbo start the match, Val tags in, hits a big backdrop onto Devon, uh, Ron breaks it up, uh, but elbows Devon, it was so slow, Ron Simmons came in to, do you know when the, the, the tag team partner comes in to break up the pin, and they come in to draw, and you have the, the occasions where the face will roll out of the way, and one heel falls onto another, well he fell out of the way, stood up, gone to get a burger from a concession stand, come back, and Ron Simmons had just landed that elbow, <laughs> It was like, God. Ron Simmons reminded me of The Undertaker last night. Please go home. Please yeah. go home. Your glory days are behind you. And fortunately, this is one of the last runs we see of Ron Simmons. Do you know what I mean? This tag team with Devon, there's not much left on the horizon for former World Heavyweight Champion Ron Simmons. The first African-American. The first ever African-American because they don't like saying the word black. Just on a, a, a quick side note with The Undertaker, the way he looked last night in the Royal Rumble, he had a massive gut, but <laughs> yeah. he looked younger. Makeup, he had so much yeah. makeup. When he came out, the lights come on, his, his face lit up of white. Yeah. How much lacquer have you got on your face, Taker? Compared to The Undertaker we saw against Brock Lesnar uh, in the Hell in a Cell earlier last year, The Undertaker was skinnier, but looked older. Yeah. Longer-haired Undertaker looks better Undertaker. With short hair, he looks older. Yeah. I think you've saw his wrinkles seem to come through a bit more on his head. He needs, to get, he needs to get in shape for Mania. He, he needs, needs to, to retire. I honestly do believe this needs to be his last Mania. It's, it's, uh, you pop when he comes out. It's The Undertaker, of course. I mean, everyone's always been a fan of The Undertaker. Uh, but, yeah, your times. Is, Goldberg looked better shape. Goldberg looked better shape and Goldberg's not wrestled for how many years. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Even though Goldberg looked gassed. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? After his first take now, Goldberg stops and thought, fuck, why did I agree to this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he looks sloppier than ever, like in the ring. Oh, yeah, yeah. Every clothesline, he's like, he, he, he couldn't remember how to run through with a clothesline and kind of sell sell it himself. Like, he'd hit the clothesline, they'd fall, like, oh shit, I've got to fall. I've got to go with it. It's uh, being weird. Um, a bit like this match, really. But the Goldberg and... Goldberg's performance and Undertaker's appearance was a bit like this match. It was uncomfortable and awkward. Right? Mm, That's yeah. all this match was. Um, like I said, um, Chuck Palumbo looked better. Val hit a couple of good moves. He had a beautiful butterfly suplex. That was a beautiful. But ran into a spine buster from Ron Simmons and then damn when he finished. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Devon hit his lovely spinning elbow. The only move that Devon does he has in his repertoire apart from the, uh, is it the reverse DDT? Christian's old style move. Yeah. Apart oh. from that, or, if you ever played Smackdown on the PlayStation 1, his finisher was a jackknife powerbomb. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, but as, as, was a, part as, a, as a as a bubble <laughs> as well. And all the women's their finishers was a kick to the shins and a slap. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
let's get to the finish because this match is dull. Um, we go to the outside. Uh, Ron Simmons chucks Valvinus into the ring post. Um, he turns. Chuck Plummer then goes between the ropes to grab Ron Simmons. Ron Simmons then clocks him, allows Devon to fucking small uh, schoolboy him for a victory. Do you know what I mean? What a cheap pin. Do you know you've had the heels? I don't if you want to say the heels because last time I knew Devon was a heel. Mm. <laughs> well, anyway, the faces, yeah, they won with a cheap roll up. Do you know what I just why not just get a finisher? Why not have that ending the other way around? So Devon's on the outside with Al Venus. Devon throws Venus into the ring post, clocks Chuck Palumbo, Chuck Palumbo turns round, Dominator, one, two, three. Can Farouk not lift him up for the Dominator anymore? Is he not safe? Because his Dominators were mean. You know what I mean? When he, when he threw him back down, you want like to face, you want to take one of them Dominators. If you ever watch Farouk back in the Attitude Era, he'd only ever hit a Dominator on a jobber. Or someone like a, t- uh, a Takamichi Noko or Funaki. Someone that no one cares. You'd Sorry never see him. Yeah, you'd never see him hit a Dominator on Triple H. So he ain't taking that shit. Not in a million years. Wait, who was the heel and who was the face in that one? <laughs> yeah. Again, who was the heel? Who was the face? You'd probably say with crowd reactions, Devon and Simmons. But like I said, last time we saw Devon, he was Reverend Devon. He was a bit of a cunt. And obviously, Chuck was Billy and Chuck, and yeah. they were a pair of twats. What the fuck? Valvinus. I couldn't even okay, see so saw him. Take take that absolutely. Oh, God, a job at this point. Yeah. Take that messed up tag team match. Yeah. Um, and then take the other match where they're not, we don't know who the heel or face is. Yeah. And maybe put them in like a mini Royal Rumble or something. A Battle Royal or something like that. That would probably work better. It would get the fans hyped a little bit more, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, the, win- and the winner takes on Lesnar at the end of the night. I, I should be. I, I should <laughs> get you. CJ Pump for creating. Yeah, I should. There book. you go. Um, we then get to the interview that you spoke about earlier uh, with Eddie and Charbo. Again. Um, they're just them two face to cam- piece to camera there is no backstage interviewer so I mean, why couldn't they just afford to pay Mark Lloyd a plane ticket do you know what I mean just make it a bit more like a serious thing like it's, he actually give a shit yeah instead of just oh now we'll <laughs> cut to the girls hey Eddie Chavo how's it going and literally they sat there uh, stood there Eddie and Chavo for five minutes speaking in Mexican and slagging off the UK do you know what I mean they, they could have done that in what they use uh, well they don't use them that often anymore the pre-recorded video packages where someone's coming to the ring they'll cut into the bottom corner of the screen you'll see a picture in picture so he goes tonight we're going to kick your ass what something like that could have helped done it just I don't know I just lazy it just felt incredibly lazy um Charbo says they're in uh Eddie says they're in Germany he says tonight I can't wait to wrestle in Germany Charbo goes no they're in Ireland no we're not we're in Scotland and he goes doesn't matter nothing compares to Mexico (laughs) boom yeah I love a bit of cheap heat you can't fault it um, <laughs> he said, I don't know where he got this from. Chavo went, Cole, do you remember that Alamo? And before Cole could say anything, he went, No, you don't, because you're a pair of losers. <laughs> Up next, kiss my ass. <laughs> oh, oh, God. Rikisha versus Albert. Hashtag fatty offense. Hashtag fatty offense. What got me in this was throughout the match, they were saying, Kiss my ass, kiss my ass, kiss my ass. But on the actual fucking still shot for the match, it said, Kiss my ass. Because they're in England, so they spelt it A-R-S-E. Oh no, we won't mention arse at all. It'll be kiss my ass, kiss my ass, kiss my ass. Could you imagine kissing fucking Prince Albert's ass? <laughs> That's what I was just about Henry to say. Hairy he, he even says, he goes, he, in his promo, he's, he was like saying, you're going to kiss my hairy ass tonight. 
<laughs> Albert gets on the bike and he says, I know what you're thinking. <laughs> this man is wicked sexy. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Prince Albert. <laughs> he, says, he says, and yes, ladies, all this is 100% El Natural. <laughs> <laughs> and tonight, when he beats Rikishi, when he wins, you'll be kissing his hairy ass. And Taz is shocked that Albert doesn't shave his ass. Have you seen his back? Do you think if he couldn't be after doing his back, he'd do his fucking crack? Rikishi <laughs> <laughs> uh, comes out, dancing in the ring. Um, they lock up, and within seconds, we have a new fat bastard chant from the crowd. <laughs> within seconds. Um, they have the typical fat bastard versus fat bastard running running to each other for five minutes and <laughs> I'm stronger, no I'm stronger, no I'm stronger until one of them finally wins. Um, they have a test of strength, uh, test of strength, but Albert stops and reacts to the fat bastard champ. You, you want to see that a bit more. Yeah. Pick up and acknowledge it. Do you know what I mean? Round up your other heel, I think. I don't, no one seems to know what happened. <laughs> I imagine Rikishi's the face, but fuck no, what could be happening? Uh, do you know what I mean? Big up to the crowd a little bit. When the crowd's on your back, fucking Jericho does it brilliantly. Do you know what I mean? Kevin Owens does it brilliantly. We speak about it all the time. Shout back at the crowd. Shout back at the crowd. Um, Taz <laughs> said there were two double-decker buses coming at it. Another UK fucking thing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> UK bingo. Um, Rick, this fucking got to me, yeah. Rikishi headbutted Albert. No effect. Albert headbutted Rikishi. Rikishi went down. Rikishi's a Samoan. Head shrinkers. Yeah. Samoans, their heads are indestructible. Yeah. Laser fucking. Who put. So who's in charge of this pay per view? Who's in charge of putting these matches together? Who is that? Like a Fuck no, fucking Taz. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. It's John Laurinaitis. Oh god. People power! <laughs> um, Albert is working over Akishi in the corner with lefts and rights, quite some stiff shots, and goes into the opposite corner and rips the turnbuckle off. Now I was thinking, oh no, heel's gonna take it. Oh no, the first person to take the, the corner bump was Rikisha, straight into his back. The commentators didn't mention it. And then a bit later on, Albert then takes one chest first into the corner. Oh, the commentators go, it's the exposed turnbuckle. Oh, Albert is getting his just desserts. Fucking five minutes ago, he, threw, he did his job. He just forgot to put it back on after he threw Rikishi into it. They never think the heels, they don't remember. Put it back on. You know what I mean? Um, Taz. Albert's ass is furry. Like the top of Eddie Guerrero's dashboard. What's that mean? And then Michael just starts laughing. Like he got it. Is it because he soft top? No, he has he has the uh, low rider. Like cowhide and stuff on the front of the low rider, isn't he? Is that what he's on? Yeah, he's coming on about. Oh, that'll be it then. Yeah, on the on the inside on the there interior. Yes. Oh, I see. It fucking makes sense. What do you said? Because CJ and Taz are on fucking sync. <laughs> Then Menzies is the tightest thing to Taz, Taz is my boy. Me, me and Taz go way back. Understand each other. <laughs> back to the streets. The red, <laughs> was it the Red Hook section of Buckley? Balbra. <laughs> the main streets of Balbra. <laughs> um, we get a rest hold. Do you know what I mean? You, you've got two beasts going at it and you get a rest hold. God, the crowd would well up for it. <laughs> Fuck me. Um, Albert with a beautiful bicycle kick. What Seamus does now, but Seamus, when he takes a run up, Albert he literally steps into it. One step, bicycle kick. Do you know I mean, you, you've got to be bloody good to knock that. And that's a lot of weight coming at you in such a s small uh, space as well. That could have took your fucking nose clean off. Albert can do it. Tess can do it. Don't like Tess, but he can do that. Uh, Seamus can do it as well. 
Kevin Nash. Nah, he's fucking. He's quaddle go. Yeah, Kevin Nash is big boo. Yeah. Like Hulk Hogan was big boo. Because you imagine Hulk Hogan doing a bicycle kick. Big Cass, if he can do it. Big Cass, oh fucking hell. Big cassette. Mark my words, he'll be US or Intercontinental Champion at some point this year. Big cast. Episode 1 Vengeance by any chance. Yeah. Show me this conversation. Yeah, that was by the end of 2016. No, no I said by 2017. <laughs> Go back and listen. Um, so the finish of the match, uh, as I say, Albert, he runs into the exposed turnbuckle. Rikisha hits us a back kick, sets him up for the bonsai drop, or the rope shaker, as Michael Cole calls it. So the bonsai drop, famous around the world. Yoko's only used it for years and years and years. Rikishi's used it for years and years and years. But they don't call it that. Because we're in the UK and we don't care, we'll call it the fucking rope shaker. What's happening? What happened? <laughs> um, so here's the bonsai drop. One, two, three. Uh, he runs away, but Rikishi gets on the mic. And Mike checks it on his ass, so he's tapping it on his ass. <laughs> and you get the, uh, the distortion noise. Um, and then Jimmy Coderas, who was the referee for the match, gets on the microphone. Who put a p- for 50 pence in this dickhead? Albert's going to get a piece Albert. of the piece. You have till the count of 10 to get in this ring and kiss Rikishi's ass, or you will be suspended indefinitely without pay. What the hell? What the hell's Coderas got the authority to suspend somebody? Hello, where does that come from? Um, and then obviously... Where did referees get this kind of power? Where, that's exactly where's the fucking power come from. Steph's in the back thinking, I in England, anybody's in charge. You're in charge, you can be GM, you can be GM. Um, so Albert, he runs back down to the ring, gets in just before the 10. Uh, he gets on his knees to kiss Rikishi's ass. It's a low blow on Rikishi. Um, hits his baldo bomb. Uh, Rikishi then... He goes, I think he goes to do the stink face, yeah, so he goes to the stink face. Rikishi then hits a low blow onto it, so he recovered quick enough, didn't he? So from that low blow, that must have not fucking hurt. Rikishi's got a small dick. <laughs> Balls of uh, steel. Yeah. And then uh, he does the stink face onto Albert to make the hand, fans happy. Now, I thought Rikishi would then just fuck off. Uh, next match. Oh no, Rikishi gets on the microphone. Obviously he's going to dance, but he doesn't want to dance on his own. Announces oh no. Oh no. Michael Cole oh and Taz no. get into the ring. Oh um, no. And then Michael Cole says, uh, Taz says, all the announcers. So they get Tony Chemmel in the ring. Now I got mad. He's a fucking, he, right, for anything, he, he's not a commentator. I know they want to vaguely announce her. Where was Funake? Yeah. Smackdown's number fucking one announcer. <laughs> Where was Funake? Yeah. But anyway, no for that care. and you know what's coming, don't you? You get the tool cool music, the dancing, and my god, Michael Cole. You've got rhythm, ain't you, son? Fuck me, yeah. <laughs> it looked so uncomfortable, it was an awkward one. Having a seizure. Yeah, it was just. <clears throat> yeah, it just looked uncomfortable. Right, it was. And I wouldn't have wanted well, I really wouldn't have wanted to be in attendance. And I imagine ticket prices for this, any upwards of like 30 to 60 quid, something along them lines. And what have they got so far for them, money? Shit. Absolute, utter, fucking, dire, bullshit. And this is a pay-per-view. I know it's UK exclusive, so it's like, well, if the Yanks don't see it, it didn't happen. And that was always the, the mind frame of WB. If it didn't go off in America, it never happened. That's why you never had storylines on these program, on these pay-per-views, really, or nothing from these pay-per-views ever really spoke about on the following Raw Smackdowns or whatever. But it's just been fucking bollocks and yeah it's, it, come on fans because I know you want to see this don't you you want to see Michael Cole fucking dance 
yeah, it's um, WWE in the UK is like it. It's like filming a live event. Yeah. It's, well, I looked at it and thought, is it? It was a house show taped. Yeah. It, yeah. It was a shit episode of SmackDown. Do you know what I mean? Smackdown's are better. Like, even live events, you, you you have moments, like when we went to the, the Leeds event, you had loads of moments that you remembered that weren't the matches itself and weren't the actual in-ring stuff because they made it fun. They made it loads of crowd interaction. This is supposed to be a pay-per-view that people have paid good money to watch on Skybox Office. And this is what you're fucking showing them. Like Capital Carnage, I remember back in 99, yeah, I think. That sucked because you had 10 minutes into the pay-per-view, you had uh, Shane McMahon, Briscoe and Patterson come out and, and say, oh, well, what you thought would happen tonight has changed. Triple H is now not fight, uh, fighting Rock. Triple H is now fighting Jeff Jarrett. And The Rock's going to fight X-Pac for the title. The, the crowd was like, fucking what? And that was, every, everything up to the start of the paper was billed as The Rock versus Triple H for the world title. I mean, you are, it's like, fuck you, England. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it, well, really may, it makes you wonder, though, maybe something happened along the way as they were going, going to the UK. Something happened, I don't know. I might be looking too much into it, but I always like try to reason and think mm. why why they would do that they can't it can't be just like oh fucking hell if you sit there thinking why would the reveal go fucking insane <laughs> <laughs> but you know you know what i mean there it can't always just be oh fuck you uk there must be a, a reasonable answer to why they've done it yeah no no there isn't <laughs> i honestly don't Not believe this. there is yeah, i really don't believe there is uh, but then we come to a promo uh, for our next match which is for the tag team titles uh, it is the guerreros versus angle and benoit uh, the challengers come out together and the champs come out separate. Uh, it would have been nice just for Angle and Benoit. I know we've we've not got to that point in life where, uh, well, in life, in WWE life, where they could be a bit more creative with the theme tunes. Like, well, I think Jericho, was it Big Show and Jericho started it? Yeah. Uh, they had Jericho theme tune blended together. Um, I would have liked to have seen that Angle. Edgy Norton did it as well. Edgy Norton, yeah. Um, and Golden Truth, obviously. <laughs> but I'd like to have seen it, an Angle and Benoit theme tune mashup. Did so maybe go <laughs> right do, i got yeah do, yeah you do that and i go it would have worked i'm telling you now it would have worked it would have worked <laughs> <laughs> that's all it was <laughs> it's like seth Rollins music that cuts off after 10 seconds and it's all quiet and it goes <laughs> Can we have a podcast where we just listen to Mike do theme tunes? Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Uh, right, so, as I say, we all get to our next match. It's for the tag team titles. Um, Eddie and Charvo, uh, they start taking the piss with the belts. Uh, so when any title match, the ref will hold the belts up and show them to the challengers. Eddie and Charvo grab the belts. Cargo <laughs> and uh, Benoit's like, no, they're fucking our belts. <laughs> Tug over the belts to start off with. Um, this match... Obviously, tons and tons of spots is exactly what you'd expect for the, uh, these four guys. Do you know what I mean? Throw in Edge and Rey Mysterio and you've got the SmackDown 6. Do you know what I mean? You've got four of the top guys. But the fans, thank you. Thank you so much. You fucking woke up and they were throughout the fucking match. We want Angle. We want Angle. We want Angle when he wasn't in the match. When Angle came into the match, they went fucking ballistic. When Benoit tagged in, they were booing because Angle was gone. You had... 14,000 angle marks in this audience. That is developing rapidly. And they don't think they want it. You know, who the hell wants to lose their job and get suspended and lose money? It's nuts. Well, look at Eddie Guerrero. Believes he would look good with tag team gold. Look at the Guerrero. They look great with Eddie, you can hang it on the rear view mirror there. And you're on Paul. And maybe you're on Camino. Paco. 
This crowd is all over the Guerreros. And the chance not in unison. And look, Kurt Angle and Chris Benoit have a little competition going on with these fans. Brilliant, Jay, because it's the first time we've ever really, apart from Invasion, where Angle was super face, taking the title off Austin, this is the first, like, sort of feeling you'd get if Angle would be face. And I dig it. it, it yeah, it was good. Well, that's what you'd expect, though. The amount of shit they've had to sit through until they actually get a decent match. You know, it's something for them to get behind. And, you know, back then, I would, if it was 2002 and I was 28 years of age, I would be paying because I know that Kurt Angle was there and Brock Lesnar was there. That's just so the supposed to be there. I didn't think it was supposed to be there, yeah. But, yeah, it's, I think that's what it is. I think you've seen that much shit. You just like you know what's coming. You know you watch SmackDown. You know how good these guys are. You know what you're about to see. Yeah. Um, and it didn't disappoint. There were some absolutely beautiful spots. Um, there was there, Benoit delivered a German. Then Angle delivered a German. And then Edge he drop kicked. I think it was Benoit into Angle. And it, Angle felt like they pushed him. So they started pushing each other. And obviously they've got this this clause where if they fight they'll be suspended for a year. Um, so to get their frustration out on each other, Angle just looked to Chavo. Uh, I said Edge did a dropkick then, yeah. didn't I? <laughs> yeah, Eddie did the dropkick. Um, yeah, so Angle charged over to Chavo and delivered a mean-looking German super. So Benoit was like, that was nothing. Then he delivered a mean-looking one to Eddie, and it's like, oh, poor Guerreros. They're like <laughs> children in a divorce battle. Provision <laughs> dick measuring contest with Benoit. Oh, right, yeah, very much so. Very much so. That's a good question, though. Who has a bigger dick, Angle or Benoit? <laughs> How did I know you were going to say that? <laughs> I'd, say Angles, I'd say Angles is like his head. Vinny, I reckon it's Vinny. It looked like Cena last night. I know that's Angle. Vinny, no hair. Roy there. I reckon Benoit just looks rough around edges. Yeah. Benoit's got a bit missing. Like his tooth missing. He's got a bit Probably missing. Yeah. yeah. He looks a bit rough around edges. Still does a job. Joey still does a job. I mean, it, it still puts you over. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I, Angles has got a bit more finesse about it, I think. I think Angles... Got, as big as Batista's. <laughs> oh, ah, Batista's got a fucking Bobby's arm. Batista's got Rey Mysterio in his pants. <laughs> <laughs> fucking hell. Anyway, yeah, as I said earlier, there was a, the German suplex spot where they were outdoing each other. Um, and then it, it just gets further and further on into the match uh, where they're just... It is one-upmanship, but the crowd couldn't care less when Benoit's in the ring. As soon as Benoit tags in, we want Angle, we want Angle. As soon as Angle tags back in, crowd go wild. And then, beat down, let's build up to this hot tag. Because this isn't just going to be a hot tag. It's going to be a fucking Nando spicy sauce fucking hot tag. Do you know what I mean? The, the crowd worked. So, they did that. They just worked on Benoit, worked him over. Your typical heel, um, couple of stomps, move, get him into the corner, tagging, quick tags. Absolutely battered him. And then, they're both on the floor. Crawls to Angle, tags in Angle. Oh my God, the crowd went wild. Crawling with everything he has. Kurt gets tagged, man. This place is gonna go nuts. And here comes Angle. And now Angle runs into a freight train. That's American made. Oh man. Guerreros are flying all over the ring. Wow! What a back body drop. Jeremy, what a matchup. Shot to the midsection. Belly to belly! Guerrero's flying! Cover! Hook to the leg! He's got it! Angle came in, 
It's typical running house. Yeah, it's close on here, close on there. Suplex for you, suplex for you. Suplexes for everybody! <laughs> I was absolutely on fire. That is what you call a hot tag. Oh, it was... It, 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 a German on Chavo, then it... Uh, yeah, then a belly, belly to belly onto Eddie and nearly threw him out of the fucking ring. So this is why Angle is one of the best and was one of the best, even in this early... He'd only been wrestling for, what, three years? Four years? That's why he deserved Yeah. Um, he knew that that crowd was buzzing. So he knew that that hot tag needed to be the best he'd ever done and it didn't disappoint. Well, he'd only been a professional wrestler for three years. Yeah, when his debut Survivor Series... 99. 99, against Meat. Oh, planet, planet State. Oh, speaking of meat, I know we always speak about him every episode. He was back on with his Facebook Live videos yesterday. Oh, he was, yeah, I'm going to be in the Rumble. He's got a Facebook Live fucking feed, yeah, focusing on his bed, and on his bed were some meat trunks, with some Planet Stasiac trunks, with some Perfect Sean trunks. And it was like, it was, it was about three people believed him. <laughs> people were like, no, and he put a massive big status. Like everyone keeps asking me if I'm going to be in the Rumble, but which wrestler should I come back as, win the Rumble and go on to Mania and win the title and be the first time ever that a father and son have been world champions? Like, please, Sean, just, just stop. Yeah, I, I, whoever introduced you to Facebook Live, they need fucking killing. Yeah, you get 100 videos a day. Uh, I do follow you, so it's my own fault. <laughs> <laughs> but just come on, I'm more believable than getting a Rumble entry. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Barack Obama is probably more believable. Barack Obama, last night Barack Obama was 200 to 1 to win the Rumble. He was more likely to win it than who? Uh, Zack Ryder. <laughs> but he's out injured, so fair call. I'm a leader. Yeah, he was, yeah. Fucking Donald Trump was more likely to win the Rumble than Emmalina. <laughs> <laughs> oh, when is she going to make a debut? It's going to be such a letdown, isn't it? It's going to be such a letdown. She's going to come out in the same gear and everything. <laughs> well, can you remember the uh, Broders Clay when they kept when People Power kept putting off his uh, debut for weeks and weeks and weeks? It was a monster. And he comes out <laughs> to fucking Ernest Miller's music. <laughs> Speaking of uh, hot Australian wrestlers, oh. Billy Kay. Oh. Billy Kay. Oh, and the other one, what's Peyton that? Royce. Peyton Royce. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. The accent as well. Oh. Yeah. oh. Baby. <laughs> hover, hover. That's oh, I can beat him down under. Yeah, that's. Oh. They're, they're just a different breed. Of Not wrong. Not wrong. Yeah. Um, the referee gets knocked down. Um, Eddie, um, he kicks Angle into Benoit, which I spoke about earlier, causing him to push. Um, but because Benoit goes for um, Angle, Eddie takes them both down. But also the ref goes down as well. Um, Eddie gets in the uh, lasso from El Paso. Angle's tapping, but obviously the ref's down. Um, Angle reverses it into the ankle lock. Eddie's tapping. The ref's still down. Chavo runs in with the title to Angle. Um, <laughs> and Angle made it look like he'd been shot. Do you know what I mean? You can't fault Angle. But if you're going to use a weapon, at least make it look like... Yeah. You know, you want to speak about chair shots. I uh, yesterday, just before I watched the Royal Rumble, I was watching some of the old Royal Rumbles. I beg you, please go back and watch Royal Rumble 1998 between Cactus Jack and Chainsaw Charlie, oh, the first two entrants. My God. You watch those chair shots. <laughs> yeah. that Cactus when they say, "Come takes. on, give yeah. me more, give me another one." Like, oh. He 
they are stiff chair shots. A cactus just takes it. And you wonder why Teddy Funk's fucked. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you wonder why fucking Mick Foley's fucked. And he has to write down every city. <laughs> because, and I think they started to do that as a joke. Because obviously he forgot the first week. The second week, I've written it down now. I think they, no Mick, write it down. But we'll make it a joke. But please, come on Mick. Do you know what I mean? The only thing that you're employed to do is to go right here in. Blah. Thumbs up. Crowd pop. Get that wrong. Mick Foley's... What use is he? The general manager's on Raw. Sorry, just to digress briefly, but the general manager on Raw, I'll wind him up at the minute. I just want Stephanie and Shane. I don't, I don't think you need Daniel Bryan. I think they, they, Daniel Bryan's there because they, they want to keep him on TV because he's still mega over. But why? Our concern at start having two authority figures and it's just it's too much. It's too much. Mm-hmm. Backstage segments every five at minutes. At least on SmackDown. Shane, Shane doesn't get... Awesome. Yeah, Shane doesn't get as involved sometimes. A lot more Bryan than Shane, isn't it? Where... I think Raw are trying to copy it, being a bit more Mick Foley than Stephanie, but she's always there. They're always there, and they have separate. Like when she's not there, we had a video call on fucking Raw and shit like that. And it's like, fuck off. The uh, I'm going to say this now, mark my words. The next Daniel Bryan is Ty Dillinger. Yeah, he's got yeah. the ten. The ten, it works, doesn't yes. it? It works. That it's crowd last night. Yeah, yeah. You, you can't fault that. When he come out, wow, it was. I felt, and it, to be fair, it, it must have, because there was a few people I spotted that was in the crowd in the exact same seats that were on TakeOver, that were in the same seats. So I think it was very much an NXT feel of the crowd. Like that crowd on uh, Bobby Roode and Nakamura's entrances. Fuck me. Do you know what I mean? Singing along to every fucking line. And it was brilliant. And it, I felt like it was that same feeling from the crowd. Um, and that feeling obviously changed when number 30 came out. Yeah. <laughs> 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 fucking telling you they fell off with Matt Bowen. Uh, yeah, and congratulations to Bobby Roode, by the way. Yes, your n- new NXT champion. A glorious champion. Isn't glorious it? champion, a glorious oh. reign. And as uh, Kevin Owens put on Twitter, <laughs> was it, the Canadian <laughs> Space Mountain is open for business. <laughs> <laughs> Oh Canadian God. Space Mountain. Love it. But anyway, the finish of the match. Um, Eddie, he's, he's got Benoit in, as I say in the lasso from El Paso. Benoit makes the save. Um, he hangs Eddie up over the rope. Eddie then spins around straight into an angle slam. One, two, three. Still your SmackDown Tag Team Champions are Kurt Angle and Chris Benoit. Um, post-match, they start shoving each other. And the Guerrero's living up to their lie cheat and steal. They sneak into the ring and start and grab the title belts. Well, then Angle and Benoit at the exact same time just put their feet down onto the belt so they can't grab them. It was a great moment. It was a brilliant spot. It was just that, that little bit of humour that was needed with the Guerreros. And we're going to see more of them in the in the months coming uh, of their shenanigans, let's say. But overall, match in general, best on the card by far. Nothing comes close. Definitely. Um, yeah, completely agree. Especially um, up to this point with the matches that have happened previous. It's not even a competition. Yeah, and then we think again with even with the lazy booking, you like I would have on the card itself. I would have put this match before. First. Well, either first. I would have this first. I would have had it right yeah. in the middle. I would have had it right yeah. in the middle. Maybe. And then the shit, a shit, the shittest match, which would Funaki be. Funaki and Charvo before this, or the intergender crash before the uh, main Funaki event. and crash, sorry, or the intergender match before this. This is like having. Uh, the Rock and Hogan on before Triple H and Booker T at WrestleMania. Yeah. Something you've got to follow, like. The Triple H and Jericho. Is it? Are you sure? WrestleMania 18. Yeah. 
It's Jericho and Triple H, isn't it? WrestleMania 19's Booker T, uh, isn't it? Yeah. After he took pedigree, then was asleep for about three minutes, then got pinned. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Booker T's main event push. That lasted very long. Yeah. So, we cut to our last backstage segment of the night. We've got Paul Heyman in his business suit doing push-ups. Uh, he's, telling, <laughs> he's telling Brock Lesnar, it's okay, don't worry, we, I've got this, I've got a plan. And Brock Lesnar just says, basically, get in the way, I'm going to kick the fuck out of you, Paul. Right, I've had enough of your shit now. My patience is running thin, I've had enough. Right, so I think Brock Lesnar, yeah, I agree with him. If I were, He's interfering, Paul Lesnar, get in his way. This is Brock slowly turning This is his transition, yeah, it's coming. Do you know what I mean? We're not quite there yet, because he's still a mean motherfucker, but this face turn is coming because he's had enough with fucking Paul. And before we get to our main event, it is time for another round of the Ruthless Aggression Era Quiz. So round one, it's going to be one wrestler, I'm going to give you five consecutive pay-per-view appearances and the opponents he faced, you just have to tell me who that wrestler is. Right, so CJ, five wrestlers, um, five consecutive pay-per-views, you tell me who this guy was in the other side of the ring. First one was Big Show. Then against Team Angle, then against Kurt Angle, then against John Cena, and then against Big Show. I'm going to say Brock Lesnar. Very correct. That is one point. And for a bonus point, name me the year. Only because it's Team Angle, I'm going to say 2003. That is CJ on two points. Michael, name me this wrestler. He fought against Big Show. And then next pay-per-view was Lance Storm Christian. Pay-per-view after that was a match involving Lance Storm, Christian, Regal and Test. Match after that was Chris Jericho and Christian. And then against Matt Hardy. Five-time WCW champion Booker T. Very correct. Wow, that's point. impressive. And name of the year. 2002. 2002. all these. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally Big Show at Vengeance, Lance Storm and Christian at SummerSlam. <laughs> They're unforgiven. Yeah. Then No Mercy. They're Rebellion. There we go. All right, well, me and Mike are tying for two a change. Piece. Round two. This is uh, our famous five stages of hell round. So I'm going to give you five facts about a wrestler, five points for the first one, four, three, two, one, etc. Mike, I'm going to come to you first. With this wrestler, for five points, wrestled under three different gimmicks for the WWE. Kane. For five points, the answer is Kane. Oh, hey, so a yeah, corporate Kane. No, it was Dr. Isaac Yankum. Isaac Yankum, yes. the fake Diesel. Fake Diesel, and then obviously okay. came. Ah, oh, impressive. Booyah! The other clues would have been for, uh, this is the one that I thought you would have got it on, Mike, to be fair. Uh, four points, was born in 1967 in Spain. I'd have got that. Um, tag team champion with RVD for three points. Two points, uh, won his first WWE title from Stone Cold. And for one point, Wes Mask. <laughs> yeah. CJ. Yeah. For five points, name me this wrestler. He made his debut in the WWE in 2001. 2001. Oh, God. 2001. Uh, uh, take a guess, take a guess. Raven. No. <laughs> For four points, he won both the WCW Hardcore and WCW Cruiserweight titles in two years. Oh That's my! That's two God. years after his debut. So in the, from his debut to the point he signed with WWE. And he debuted in 2001, so it's Hardcore. Oh my God! Have you got any clues about this? 
I'm just trying to think. 2001, uh, hardcore. Am I? I'm on the right lines. Thinking hardcore. No. No. He's not someone that you would class as being a hardcore wrestler. Let's say that. Right. Okay. Meat. No. No. For three points. Sweating. He was a former tag team champion with Kane. RVD? No. What? For two points, he appeared in a famous Royal Rumble segment with Triple H and Stone Cold. With Triple H and Stone Cold? Oh, I, don't, I, I don't know. I'm clueless. Go on. And for one point, his gimmick was a superhero. Oh, my God. Hurricane Helms. Hurricane Helms. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so, as it stands at the minute, we have seven plays three. Oh, yeah? Man. Yeah. Right. Next round now this is a head-to-head and basically the last person that because you're going to get a fair amount of goals each so let's say i'll go with mike first you get yours right cj you get yours right if mike gets yours wrong then cj has to get yours right to win yeah yep. head-to-head i'm going to give you real names of wrestlers for, during the ruthless discretion era and i want you to give me their wrestling name so i'm going to go with cj to start yeah darren matthew darren matthew Ouch. Is it like. Well, I, what? Well, he's I? appeared on a few of our episodes so far. Test. No. No, oh, he's Andrew, <laughs> isn't he? Uh, Mike, Oscar Gutierrez. Ray Mysterio. You got that right? Wanker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I had so many of them lined up as well. He's a hold on the first one. <laughs> A bit of fun, no points available, let's just have one more go each. Salvador Guerrero, CJ. Eddie Guerrero. Charbo. Fuck's sake. Uh, Drew Hankinson, Mike. Drew Hankinson. Uh... That's such a silly daft name, Hankinson. Curran on roster, 2017. Well, uh... I just messed up his train of thought then. Was he in the Ruthless Aggression? Yes. He was. Went away for a while, maybe a wrestle in a foreign country. Tajiri? No, with his little bald mate. We've come back, they get them. Ah, uh, um, Luke Gallows. Gallows. Or Festus, as we know him. Yeah. <laughs> or we'll get to know him. Right, final round. You're going to have 30 seconds each to answer as many questions as you can. So, I'll quickly get my stopwatch up. Right, so as... You are leading, Mike, by a considerable way. I can't believe it. Um, so as it stands at the minute, it is 7-3. 8-3, as in you just won that round yeah. then. 8-3. So as you are leading by five points, um, it can be up to you whether you want to go first or second. I'd like to go first, please. I'll go first. Go yeah. first, okay. And your time, you have 30 seconds. See, did you want to time it? Yeah. And you just make a bit of a noise or something when it gets to 30 seconds. And your time starts now. First ever European champion. Uh, British Bulldog. King of the Ring winner in 95. Uh, triple eight. No. Oh, we're not. No. Nope. Uh, the winner of the 93 Royal Rumble. Pass. Uh, which actor was the guest in Forza at Survivor Series 94? Stop. Pass. Well, that was Chuck Norris. Chuck Norris? Yeah. So, one right. 
<laughs> oh, so if you want to reset that, so that now puts it on eight. Nine three. Nine three. CJ six to tie, seven to win. <laughs> this is not going to happen. <laughs> you basically need to get one right in every two seconds. Yeah. <laughs> Let me know when you're ready. You ready? Three, two, one. Let's go. Who was the ringmaster Steve Austin's opponent at WrestleMania 12? Jake St. Roberts. No, Savio Vega. Who was Bill Goldberg's first opponent on the WDB pay-per-view in 2003? Uh, Bill DeMont. No, The Rock. Uh, oh, fuck. Uh, who did Randy, Randy Macho Man Savage defeat in the finals of the 1987 King of the Ring tournament? No idea. King Kong Monday. When Mark Mero turned heel and split with Sable in WBF, who did Mark Mero cho- choose as his new valet? Oh, I knew it. I pass. I know her name. Jacqueline. Jesus Christ. Not one. So the winner of this week's episode of the Rufus Aggression Craze is Michael. Take a bouncer. Any final thoughts as reigning champion? (laughs) To the victor goes the spoils. Yeah, well, oh, yeah, so you you just, we're we're tying it at the minute, I'm sure we are. No, I'm down one up. Oh, yeah? It's now two to one. Alright. Two to one. The older stuff I'm not I'm really not good with. Older stuff. I did say it was it was general knowledge, it could be anything wrestling related. But as that's over the hill, shall we move on to our main event of the evening? Brock Lesnar versus Edge. Edge. Edge's first ever opportunity at the WWE Championship. Now coming into this match. Was there any part of you that thought Edge could... T- I know, obviously, we, we've discussed about how, in the UK, no one wins titles, apart unless you crash all in Rebellion 2000. But did, do you think there was anybody in the world, even Edge, right? Let's say Edge's young Edge sat in the audience. Anyone that had any fucking belief that Edge was going to beat Brock Lesnar? As a 12-year-old kid, I probably thought that there was a chance that Edge could win. But, obviously, I would say it, like, growing older, you... Now looking at it, no, not all. No, yeah. especially if you look at, I think it, it helps us because we've seen the the um, the transition of Edge. Do you know what yeah. I mean? When we when we caught it on the the start of what we've been doing, we've we've got the Edge who's just won King of the Ring. I was it the year before the two thousand one King of the Ring, yeah. But he's right gone two thousand two. Yes, he's gone through the split with Christian. He had his IC run. Uh, was it SummerSlam mid two thousand one? He beat Landstorm for the IC title. Um, yeah, so he's had his. He's had. We started to see this rise of Edge and obviously in two three years time he's, he's up here on this meteoric rise of Edge um, so I think going on the basis of when we started this the rise that we've watched with Edge there's a chance that he could have gone over Brock Lesnar do you know what I mean just because he's not a Tajiri level wrestler do you know what I mean who can't even beat Jamie Noble for the Cruiserweight title do you know what I mean he just, <laughs> yeah there is a chance but I just don't think that it makes sense that he's in the main event it doesn't, um, and uh, like we discussed earlier, when they said that the Undertaker's not in it because they're blaming his missus being pregnant and him being injured, it's better than Undertaker couldn't be asked to fly. It's six days after pay-per-view. You know, in six, is it six days after No Mercy, I think? I believe I'm sure it is. No Mercy was Sunday. That was the 20th. We're now on Thursday. No? Sunday. We're now on Saturday. No, it's Saturday, yeah. It's 26th. So it's been a week. It's been a week since Brock Lesnar and Undertaker went to hell and back. All pun intended. It'd be different, though. <laughs> if The Undertaker was still the champ, If Undertaker was a champion, he would have been there. Yeah, yeah. I think that's how it works. But coming off for No Mercy, there was no way they were going to let Brock lose on a little pay-per-view like Rebellion. Could you imagine? If they did it not... It, I think... Why not? Because they've done it before. Not on, like, a little pay-per-view. 
I remember it was back in, someone correct me if I'm wrong, I want to say Backlash 2000, King of the Ring 2000, where you had Rock, Taker and Kane against Shane, Vince and Triple H. Yeah. Triple H was champion, and if anybody got the pin on anybody else, they'd become the champion, and they'd have Rock pin Vince. So they could have done that with have Edge pinning Heyman, and yeah. then have Edge go over on the following Raw, well, the following SmackDown. So, but, Edge in it. <laughs> Edge and it's UK. Edge. What an awful name for a wrestler as well. Edge. It's better than his previous name. Yeah, but it could be, what about Corner? <laughs> what, what was his, Sexton Hardcastle? Yeah. <laughs> what a name. Greatest name ever. What a name. That's, that's such a porn name. I don't know, Terrorising. Triple H's old name in WCW, that's a brilliant wrestler's name, that. But there's, there's a lot more creativity gets put in wrestling names back in the day. They used to say, what's your name? John Cena. Got a great name for a wrestler. <laughs> John, <laughs> what's your real name? Randall Orton. We can't call you Randall, but what's your friend? Randy Orton, that works! <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's just, there's no thought going into it. Do you know what I mean? Only, yeah. Like, Seamus, can you remember what Seamus' full name was? Seamus O'Shaughnessy. Seamus O'Shaughnessy, when he first did, that's a fucking mouthful and all, isn't it? <laughs> I like the, how they've, they've shortened the names down, like... Cesaro for... Yeah, Rusev. Neville. Neville, do you know what I mean? Because Adrian Neville, what was it, Alexander Rusev, yeah. Antonio Cesaro, it's a lot to, to pronounce when you're a commentator. Do you know what I mean? So I think it is good shortening out. It's better than... Uh, Cesaro's better now Cesaro than Claudio Castagnoli. Claudio Castagnoli. <laughs> with, touch the briefing on that, I know it's got nothing to do with us, but Chris Hero's now come back to NXT. How fucking big has he got since he's been away? He's got That's an illness, why he got released last time. Is, he, is he poorly, is he? He has an illness. That's what like, makes him fat. Like a like glandular problem in it or something I like that. I think so, yeah. That's why they released him is last it? time. Because he's got a gut on him. Mm. I know last time I heard that him and Triple H were arguing back and forth because he has not got the Triple H look or the idea of how you should look. Um, but he weren't that big. He's got a beast. He's, whatever's wrong with him, it's not doing... He's not the... Uh, he looks, to me... Can you remember... Is it Bill Dempsey? NXT. Bull Dempsey. Yeah. Looks like him. Yeah. He's just his gut and his body shape. But you could not see him and Cesaro being a tag team when they were Kings of Wrestling they used to be called. You couldn't imagine that now. No. It's a shame really. But look at the Undertaker from the Rumble. <laughs> I mean he's got a great gut on him but because he's called the Undertaker. Because it's the Undertaker. Simple as. You don't say it to him. No. Yeah. no they, I bet not one person <laughs> backstage would have the bollocks to say nah then Mark. But no, no, it's the Undertaker. You've got to bow down and fucking kiss his feet when he walks past you and shit. But anyway, moving on to the main event of this abysmally dire pay-per-view. Um, Brock, he looked incredibly roidy. I know it's like the Brock that we see in 2017 compared to the Brock that we see in 2002. You can tell. I know he's got done. It surprised me that he got done for performance enhancing drugs at UFC. Because he's not the Brock Lesnar that we know from back in 2002, where nah. he, he's got muscles in places I don't even have places. Wasn't there uh, an interesting fact that you posted or somebody about Brock Lesnar? He'd only since WrestleMania 30. Yeah, it was. I saw it on Twitter. Yeah, it was it? Like 17, 17 minutes. minutes he spent inside a wrestling ring. And he's been paid six million a year. <laughs> yeah. It's not bad, is it? No. It's not bad, is it? And it's not like he has to break a sweat because people bump round him these days and all he has to do is just throw people. Do you know what I mean? And we've seen um, these pay-per-views we've watched where little men of German suplex, big men. So it's can't be hard for him to do. And then just go and yeah, just collect your, your money and your bank it morning, Brock, don't worry. He's not, for me, Brock Lesnar is not that, I don't see him on the pedestal that Vince sees him. As this not these days, box man. office attraction. 
people will buy the pay-per-view because Brock Lesnar is here. I, I don't. It's not one for me. Now, if that was Kurt Angle, yes. then maybe. But I don't see... That, like what you just said then, Mike. It's the Brock Lesnar 2017, you know, when they returned 13, 14. That was, yeah, was it 12, was it? That sure. Brock Lesnar is nowhere near the Brock Lesnar. Just the... It's being asked. Being asked to just um, enhance his moveset a little bit and not just do German here, German there, throw. I think the only thing he does apart from a German is a belly to belly. And that's, that's just a, still a throw. You know what I mean? The, the Brock Lesnar before, he used to actually have quite a good arsenal of moves. And it is the that. Brock Lock. The Brock Lock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but is that. Is that showing Star Press? The showing Star Press. What a move that was. He did it perfectly in the. The heat match. In, the heat match. The heat match. as well. Yeah. He did it perfectly. Yeah. When he was teaming with Shelton Benjamin, when he was the Minnesota stretching crew. What a name. Uh, and he did it in the dark match. It was perfect. It was like Evan Bourne couldn't do that sort of rotation that he can. It was brilliant. And he then, was pressured into it, though. At, at yeah, somebody saw that he could do it. And they was like, why don't you do that spot? Well, I'm it was like, Pat Patterson. I'm it. like five. It's always Pat Patterson. He's a dickhead in. And he's, like, he's five stone heavier than when he were in OVW. Right? So he still wants to do the same. And angles, and we're talking a bigger ring. I mean, WrestleMania rings are bigger rings than I imagine they have in OVW. Imagine they're like 2020 and OV, um, Independence will be like, Maybe 14, 15 by 15 or something like that. So bigger reach. Kurt Angle's halfway across ring as well. It was just a recipe for disaster. He should have never, he should have gone to the top and thought, fuck it, fuck them, I'm dropping elbow. <laughs> Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Well, then it, it's so weird because it makes it a, a memorable match as well, though, at the same time. But not, not does that take, anyway, obviously we've got that coming down the line in like two or three pay-per-views time we get round to being here, but do people remember that match for all the wrong reasons? I don't know. Yeah, I don't. So it's an epic match, but I like to think if you say Angle Mania, uh, Angle Brock Mania, somebody in a group of five people will go shooting Star Press. Yeah. He's kind of known for the bad and for Brock winning uh, with his, with uh, broken neck and that. Was it Brock won? They both Brock both had broken necks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they both had broken necks. That's that's WWE in a nutshell for you in two thousand. It's Kurt Angle's career in a nutshell. Broken yeah. Broken necks. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, we keep digressing. Let's get to the main event. So, as we said, it's Edge and Paul Heyman against... Uh, it's Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman against Edge for the WWE title. Uh, at the start, it was really funny, uh, Brock wouldn't let Edge look at the belt. Like, do you know when it comes to a title match and you've got the referee holds the belt up and shows it to everyone? He was showing it to Edge and Brock was like, I ain't fucking winning that. <laughs> no, don't let him look at that. Three, three, four years later, Edge may be, but not now, pal. Um, as I said, Brock Lesnar, when he stood there looking across from Edge and Edge, he was another one where the older he got, he seems to get a bit more broader. Not quite steady, but just a bit bigger in his shoulders and stuff. But you compare this edge that we see now, he still looks like tag team edge. Edge and Christian Brood edge. Looking across the ring to Brock Lesnar, I'd be fucking shitting myself. Yeah. You know what I mean? Purely because, thinking the size of him, and I've seen him throw people about. And if I'm going to be seen as that upper mid-card and possibly main event, in, you don't want to get injured in, in a throwaway pay-per-view like Rebellion. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I completely agree with that. Um, so as the match starts, um, Edge keeps avoiding Brock Lesnar. He was like ducking and diving, and even Brock, uh, mocking Brock's actions, which were brilliant. Uh, he ducked a clothesline and turned on to Brock and went, Ooh! And Brock was so angry in his face. He come charging towards Edge and Edge like, pull rope. Nope, let's see Brock, get out. And it was that, it was very much like cat and mouse to start. It was Brock was coming for him and coming for him, and Edge was just doing everything he could to avoid him. And the more times he avoided him, the more the crowd got into it. It was, it was like um, it's like on SmackDown versus Raw when you've got to build up your meter to get your finisher. It was like he was building up the crowd with every duck and every block. It, the meter was building up 
And then when he did the final one, when he went in his face, the crowd, the fucking mate, press L1, you bet you finish. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you. Oh, man, it was nuts. Um, uh, Edge, he kept countering everything into pins. Uh, like, Brock Lesnar would pick him up for a power slam. He'd roll over his back and uh, roll him up. Or he'd try and get him just for a basic body slam, but he'd roll it into a pinfall. So, again, it was... We're kind of giving Edge's moments without letting Edge have his, like, do you know the, the Edge hot tag moments that we see where he does he pulls out all his moves, the execution, the edgematic and the spears and stuff. Obviously, we're not going to see Edge be the aggressor in this. Edge is, Edge is the victim. So let's get, let's kind of make Edge look strong in a way without him doing any moves. So reversing everything into a pinfall, getting inside. It, they kind of went with, the, the commentators went with the mental side where Edge is getting inside Brock Lesnar's head. Brock Lesnar may be three times as big as Edge, but Edge could beat him mentally more than physically. And it was like, it was the first time in a long time that they've actually had a, I wouldn't say a storyline, but the commentators have actually had something to talk about that's actually the match. And not just start talking about the match, they start talking about Crash Ollie keeps pigs and cut and goats and fucking everything else, and then go to the finish. They actually had something that, that kept the commentators invested into the match itself, which was this, is Edge getting inside his head, is Edge getting inside his head. Um, so, to, towards the end of the match, um, the referee gets knocked down, uh, Lesnar hits an F5 on Edge, um, sorry, Lesnar goes to hit an F5, but Edge counters it into the execution, um, and then the crowd start chanting along, and I always love it when the crowd, they start going, one, two, three, and then you'll hear some other people go, four, five, it's like, what are you counting for? <laughs> if anything, you're showing that if that ref was awake, he'd count the three, Paul Heyman throws a chair into the ring, um, it distracts Edge, which allows Brock Lesnar to pick up the chair and swing at Edge, but he misses, Edge hits a spear, one, two, wah, just, and it was just, it were, that hand was there to the mat, you could feel the vibrations of the mat, it was close. Um, so yeah, so we get to the finish, um, Edge, he's back up to the top rope, uh, Lesnar has the chair, um, he hits it straight into Edge's gut, uh, F5, the referee comes round, one, two, three, um, so that was the match over, I was thinking Brock could celebrate, he'd go off, pay for off the air, oh no, Paul Heyman had to get his moment, now Paul Heyman during this match, it was supposed to be a handicap, but he has not got involved at all, apart from grabbing Edge's leg once or twice, or trying to interfere with the referee. Um, but Edge comes back in with the chair. And he's, uh, sorry, Heyman comes back in with the chair. Big EC dub chance breaks out. It's like, why is it anything that an ex-ECW guy and a weapon... Oh, EC dub! EC dub! Imagine going to a WWE event, and chants are going, WWE! WWE! It just <laughs> wouldn't work, would it? It just doesn't work. Um, so, yeah, so Heyman's got a chair and he's got the chair next to Edge and he's going, that spear, that hurt me, you broke my ribs. Do you know how much that hurt? And he's got the chair and he's prodding it into Edge's ribs going, see, your ribs, right there. And he's just winding Edge up. Heyman backs off. Edge comes steaming out with a boot, chair in the face of Heyman. Uh, he grabs Heyman by the ponytail, hits the execution to send the fans home happy. Taz finishes the pay-per-view by saying, cheerio, mate. As... So going going back to when I said um, all Americans seem to perceive British people as some sort of posh southern yeah the book of British smiles yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah guys so that was Rebellion 2002 um, as always CG I'm gonna come to you first uh, any final thoughts then I want your match of the night worst match of the night and if Rebellion was a, was a WWE superstar which superstar would it be? I would say the worst match of the night was a Divas match. That was the Tory Wilson match. Um, and the best night match of the night was the tag team. Uh, and if I was to compare this to any wrestler, I would say somebody just really dire, like a really dire wrestler. Somebody had meat. I would, <laughs> I would say meat. Oh, good old meat. And Michael? 
So, match of the night, worst match of the night, uh, any final thoughts, and if this pay-per-view was a wrestler? This pay-per-view was shit. Match of the night was obviously the tag title match. Worst match of the night, every match leading up to the tag title match. <laughs> <laughs> if it was a wrestler... Dobbery because it sucked. Hey. <laughs> um, I'd have to agree. Match of the night, tag team title match. Uh, worst match of the night, Dobbery uh, and Tony Wilson. And if this pay-per-view was a wrestler, probably say it was Bob Holly. Since like bad smell, you just can't get rid of. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's always going to be there. The memory's always going to be there, but you forget what it looks like. Bob Holly. <laughs> That was Rebellion 2002. Coming up next is our first ever Survivor Series pay-per-view. Which, because we always seem to fall really lucky, this one doesn't have any Survivor Series matches. But guys, as per usual, thank you ever so much for checking us out. If you are listening to us on SoundCloud, thank you. Same goes as iTunes. Um, if you want to find us, soundcloud.com forward slash RA Era Podcast. Just search for RA Era Podcast in iTunes. And facebook.com forward slash RA Era Podcast. And at RA Era Podcast on the Twitter machine. So if you find us or if you want to come and say hello, either me, CJ or Mike are always there on Twitter and Facebook. Come and say hi. Let us know what you think. But until next time, I've been Dave. This has been CJ. Cheers, guys. And this has been Mike. The King is back. So until next time, peace, peace out, out, people. So cheesy. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Walk out here and come into the ring and face the very